Hey, my name is Jason, and you're listening to the Embrace Church Podcast. God is doing some incredible things at each one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota. To learn more about Embrace and maybe plan your visit, head on over to imembrace.com. We hope today's message brings you hope, inspires you, and encourages you in your walk with God. Let's dive in to today's message. Hey everybody, I just want to welcome you here to Embrace. My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at all of our campuses, network churches. Thank you so much for joining us. Truly overjoyed and excited about what God has to say to all of us, starting with myself. Just so excited about what God is going to do here today. Uh, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms across campuses. Happy Mother's Day to you. I want to give a special shout out to the two moms in my own life, my wife Becky, uh, who our family would be completely lost without her. I've often told her if something tragic happens to her, I'm going to call child services on myself. Just say, the guy's got a good heart, but I'm just concerned about the kids. But no, seriously, so grateful for her and just everything that she is to the kids and also to myself. And then there's my mom, Nancy. Uh, I grew up in the best home you could possibly ask for. Honestly, got two of the best parents. I get to speak at my mom's retirement party in a couple of weeks. She's going to be retiring after being a teacher for years. And and so, so excited and honored to be able to share on her behalf as well. So I want to say happy Mother's Day. I also just want to take a moment just to say this as well. Uh, The very first thing I did when I woke up this morning, before I even got out of bed, was I prayed for all the ladies across campuses and churches who so badly want to be a mom, but for whatever reason can't be. And uh, as, as someone who prays for that group of people on a regular basis, for someone who sat with the, those ladies wanting to be moms, I know it's a heavy, heavy thing. And so I want to say that. Also want to acknowledge people who have maybe lost a mom. Uh, maybe in the last year you lost a mom, or you're a mom that lost a child, or maybe for you, your, your mom is not a source of joy. Instead, for you, when you think about mom, you think about hurt, you think about brokenness. And so I know on a day like today, what is it's supposed to be a celebration, if you're not in that place, it can also be really, really hard. And so I just wanted to acknowledge, just praying for you today, um, but for all of us, just excited about what God has in store for us. Right now, we are in a series called Dumb Things Christians Say, and as human beings, we say a lot of dumb things, don't we? Uh, I never cease to be amazed when I read the comments on Facebook. I'm shocked that the human race has not become extinct yet. It's like, how are we still around? The dodo bird disappeared. Humanity is still around reading these comments. I don't know why that's the case, right? So humans, we say a lot of dumb things, uh, but since it's Mother's Day, I thought we would start out by mentioning some of the dumb things that dads say to moms. And I can give a testimony that that's happened maybe a time or two. Uh, Dumb things that dads say, um, there's so many to choose from. One of those things is, hey, honey, uh, I want to help you. I want to give you just a night out. Uh, I will babysit the kids for you. Just a really dumb thing to say. It's like they're actually your children as well, so you're not babysitting, you son of a gun, you know? So just a dumb thing to say. Another dumb thing to say is, I- I'm, I'm so tired, I-, I can't help feed the kids. But speaking of you, baby, you're so beautiful, do you want to make love, you know? Hashtag boom shakalaka, you know? And I know one of the things on your, your, your wish list was to hear your pastor say the phrase, make love. So I checked that box for you as well today. Uh, but then there's kids and the dumb things that kids say to moms. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, one of my kids randomly from somewhere in our house yelled out, mom, you never do anything for us. It's like, that's just a dumb thing to say. I checked later to make sure my son was still breathing. He was still alive, but I'm like, kid, 
Your mother clothes you and feeds you. She does everything for you. She even shoved you out of a small place out of her body. That's enough detail for all of us, okay? Just check that as well. So there, another thing, dumb thing kids say is, Mom, would it be okay if I took a nap? There are some dumb questions asked. It's like, kid, you never have to ask that question again. You can take a nap anytime you feel like it. And when you take a nap, mom and dad will take a nap as well, okay? I'm done though, I apologize. Cross the line, okay? Again, as people, we say a lot of dumb things and sadly, Christians are not any different. Christians say a lot of dumb things too. I kid you not, the team that put this series together, our campus pastors, myself, a few others, we struggled to keep this series to four weeks. It could have went 52 weeks. It could have been our first year-long series talking about the dumb things Christians say. Before we move forward, I just want to give a, a, a just, I just want to say this. Travis and Brian shared week one and week two. They did a fantastic job. Both of those guys are pastors that I look to, that I run to. They're all incredible men of God. And so if you have not heard those, those messages, go do yourself a favor. Go to imembrace.com and listen to them. But today, week three, today's dumb phrase that we're going to look at is this. Did you hear about blank? We should pray for them. Again, today's dumb phrase, did you hear about blank? Fill in the blank. That mom and how she went crazy at Target, that guy and how he lost his job. Did you hear about their divorce? Did you hear their son? Like he's kind of struggling with drugs lately. Did you hear about their daughter? She actually got pregnant. Like, did you hear about blank? We should pray for them. Just kind of a dumb thing to say, right? Now, at first glance, this doesn't seem like a dumb thing at all. I mean, prayer is a really good thing. As a part of my job, I often ask people, can I pray for you? Jesus said we should pray. We are also told in many places in the Bible that we should pray without ceasing. Again, at first glance, this doesn't seem dumb at all. But I would argue that often, not always, but often when we use this phrase, we don't have the best intentions. Again, it's actually not a dumb phrase, but I would argue that most of the time when we use this phrase, we don't have the best heart behind our words. At one point, Jesus approached a group of religious people, a group of good churchy people who did a lot of good churchy kind of religious things, and, and Jesus kind of realized that they said one thing, but their hearts said something completely different. Their actions said one thing while their, their hearts internally was, was much different. And so this is what Jesus said to them. Here's a part of what he said to these religious people. Jesus said, what sorrow awaits you, teachers of a religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurities. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, But inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. Powerful, heavy words, right? Again, these religious people, they appear to be good and godly, doing good, godly things. But on the inside, it was actually quite different. On the inside, it was quite ugly. And just to say it again, often when we use this phrase, not always, but often, have you heard about blank, we should pray for them? The same exact thing is true about us. Like it appears to be really good. It even appears to be a really godly thing. But often when we share a prayer request like this, we're covering up a little thing called gossip. And in the name of sharing a prayer request, we're actually covering our words in hopes of tearing another person down. In the name of God, you can even say in the name of Jesus, we're sharing these prayer requests intentionally hoping to hurt somebody else. 
intentionally hoping to kind of tear apart and pick apart another person's life. We use a prayer request to cover up a bad heart that we have, once more to cover up gossip. And so looking at this phrase today, I just want to point out two problems that are wrong with it. And just to be clear, not two problems that are wrong with it according to Adam Weber. I'll say it for you. I really don't care what Adam Weber has to say. And also not two things that are wrong with it, two problems that are wrong with it according to Embrace Church. No one really cares about that either. Instead, we're going to look at two problems with this phrase that Jesus himself has a big problem with. And so first off, when we say, did you hear about blank, we should pray for them. When we say this phrase, it's clear that we're not actually with the person, we're just talking about them. When we use this phrase, it's really, really clear that we're not actually with the person, we're just talking about them. And you see, Jesus, he was always with the person. Jesus was always with the person. Whether it was good for him or not, he was always with them. In one of the most well-known stories, not just from the Bible, but honestly in all human history, There was this lady who was caught in adultery, and by law, she actually deserved, rightfully so, deserved to die for her actions. And so a good group of churchy people, they did what they were supposed to do as good churchy people. They gathered rocks, and they were about to stone her, about to kill her. And then Jesus stepped in and listened to what Jesus said to this woman and also what he said to this crowd. It says, he, Jesus, stood up again and said, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Just to say it, Jesus didn't throw stones. Instead, he stood with her. And I just got to say, I honestly pray the church, not just embrace church, but the church would open up its ears. Today, if you're here and you can hear my voice, maybe you're listening later on iTunes, I pray you'd open up your ears. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, I pray, starting with myself, we would hear these words because again, Jesus stood with her. He didn't condemn her. He didn't condone her. He told her to go and sin no more. But at her lowest moment, when she was most vulnerable, when all the good church people wanted to get their stones and begin to kill her, Jesus stepped up and he stood by her side. Get this, gossip, gossip, it keeps us away from people. Gossip, it distances us from people, but love, not just fluffy love, but specifically the love of God, it gets closer. Gossip distances us. Love, specifically the love of Jesus, gets closer. Jesus always got closer. When someone was hurting, Jesus always got closer. When someone made a mistake, Jesus always got closer. When there was a person at the very center of the gossip and all the juicy news, Jesus, time and time again, he got closer. I mean, do you, do you and I, do we want to be like Jesus? Stop talking about people and start standing with them. I mean, if you're like, gosh, I really, really want to look like Jesus, stop talking about people and start standing with them. At someone's lowest moment, when it's not popular, when it's no benefit to yourself, 
when it may affect your own reputation for hanging out with so-and-so and such-and-such, you want to look more like Jesus, just get closer and closer and closer and closer. Stand with the person, don't throw stones at them. I mean, you want to look like Jesus, stand with the person. Don't throw stones. So that's the first problem with this phrase. We're not with the person, we're just talking about them. And then secondly, when we use this phrase, did you hear about blank, we should pray for them. Just to hear it, we're being hurtful, not helpful. When we use that phrase, did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about whatever? We should pray for them. We're being hurtful, not helpful. Specifically with our words, when we spread gossip in the name of a prayer request, we're being hurtful, not helpful. Why? Because we're not actually wanting to pray for the person. Instead, we're just hoping to spread the juicy news about them, and that causes so much hurt. That causes so much hurt. Listen to these words from God found in the book of James. He talks about the power of our words. Listen to this. Chapter 3, it says, The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue, our words, is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Oh my goodness, no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. God's saying our words, they can cause so much hurt. They can cause so much destruction. They can burn down a great fire, a forest with, 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 with fire, with one word spoken. And how can you praise God while cursing those who are made in his image? That's not possible. What our, where our words come from is our heart. It's impossible to do so. Impossible. And we, again, when we use our words, to share gossip in the name of a prayer request, it causes so much hurt and pain. Gossip, it has the ability to destroy a person's life. It has the, per- the ability to divide friends, to divide families, to divide churches. It causes so much pain and, and, dis- and, and destruction. It has the ability to bring death. And listen to this. It's crazy to think that Jesus had stronger words for gossip than he did for adultery. Mr. and Mrs. Church person, make sure you hear that. Stronger words for gossip than he did for adultery. And just to say it, Christians are oftentimes the worst. More specifically, oftentimes you and I are the the worst. Worst at this. Recently, I was talking with a Christian counselor, a man who's at the very top of his game. Like academically, he's got a PhD and then some focusing on like churches and Christians, been a counselor for decades, been a follower of Jesus for the same amount of time. Just this very wise fella. Last time we were talking, he began to talk about, about being attacked. And he said, he said, when, when you see a threat coming to, to your front side, you can see it coming and you know exactly what the person's intent is. It's like that person is coming and they are going to hurt me. And so you can kind of brace yourself. It's like, okay, that guy is coming. She's coming. She's going to punch me or whatever she is. But he's like, Christians don't do that. He said, Christians never attack from the front. They always attack from the back. And they appear oftentimes to have really good intentions so you can't even see it coming. 
He used the example as when you're running and oftentimes you don't see a dog that bites you in the back of the heel. It's that Christians, they attack from the back and they use their words, they use gossip to slowly tear a person's life apart. It can appear good on the outside, but on the inside, it's a very different story. Jesus would tell us, be helpful, not hurtful. With your words, be helpful, not hurtful. And here's some just practical things to consider on how to be helpful, not hurtful with our words. With our words, just ask yourself, if the words were about me, if the words were about my marriage, if the words were about my son that was struggling, if the words were about my dad, my mom who made a mistake, if the, if the words were about me, would I want the prayer request shared? Would I want it posted about? Would I want people passive-aggressively talking about me? Honestly, I'm always appalled. I'm not a, like, absent from this either. I'm always appalled by some of the things that Christians will share on Facebook. It's like someone has a nosedive in their life. Somebody falls apart. They break a law. And we just share, share, share. Folks, that is gossip. Gossip. Would you want the prayer request told to the whole town about your garbage? That's a good filter. Another filter, just practical, practical thing for us, when being tempted to share a prayer request, just ask yourself, have I actually prayed for the person myself? Have I actually prayed for them? Or I'm just sharing this. I found in my own life, it's almost impossible to gossip about someone that I'm praying for. It's like as soon as I do, my, my soul just immediately becomes sick. It's like, gosh, I was just praying for them and now I'm bad-mouthing them. It's just like God just begins to highlight it in our life. Another, another filter, practical tool, if you're wanting to share a prayer request about someone and it's not a positive thing, before you share the prayer request, ask the person if you could share it. Hey, is it okay if I tell a few buddies about your marriage? They're close friends. I know they won't say a word. Is it okay if I, if I tell a few people that you had a DUI? I just want to surround you and be, be present with you. It's a pretty darn good filter, isn't it? Should I just ask the person if it's not a positive thing? One other thing in conversations, when someone brings gossip our way, every single time we have the ability to throw gas on the fire or water. I love that God uses that. It's like a fire that can burn down a forest. We have the ability to throw gas to make the gossip worse, to get all excited about the juicy details, or we have the ability to throw water on it. I'm a person who hates conflict. I like hate, I'm a high people pleaser. And so in those moments, it's so hard for me but what if all of us across campus just began to commit to, gosh, when gossip comes our way, just to say something about it. That just feels like gossip. It just feels like it's not a good thing to share. Have you asked that person? I know in my own life, there's always two sides to a story. Have you asked anyone else? Have you asked them if it's okay? Even more difficult. Man, this would be so challenging for me. Hey, I just can't continue this conversation. Like, I just don't feel right about it. I know when people have talked about me, it destroyed me. And so I, just, I just don't feel okay with doing so. Going back to our, our dumb phrase, did you hear about blank? We should pray for them. God, he wants us to turn this phrase upside down. And instead of saying, did you hear about blank? We should pray for them. God wants us to say this instead. I'm here. Can I pray for you? The person at the center of it, the person that's made a mistake and said, did you hear about, we should pray for them, going to that person and saying, I'm here, I'm here, can I pray for you? 
When everyone else is walking away from that person, when everyone else is scattering, when everyone else is grabbing their stones and they're sharing their prayer requests, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Can I pray for you? I'm still here. I'm still with you. At your darkest moment, I don't condone what you did, but it doesn't change how I feel about you. I still love you. And as your brother in Christ, as your friend, I'm not going anywhere and said, I am here. Even if it negatively affects me, I'm here. And how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? And not just pray, is there anything else that I can do to help you? Anything. I'm here. I'm not walking out. I'm here even if it affects me. Even if people gossip about me, I'm not going anywhere. How can I pray for you? I love you. I love you so much. You made a mistake, yeah. We can make it through. We can get help. The sun will come up tomorrow. Again, do we want to be like Jesus? I don't know about you, that's why I came today. It's like, I want to look more like you, Jesus. Stop talking about people. Start, stop, start standing with them. Stand with people. Don't throw stones. At your friend, at your brother, your neighbor, your coworker, at their very lowest moment, approach them and just say, I'm here. I'm here. I've heard some things. I don't care. I'm here, how can, how can I pray for you? I've said this before, one of the greatest honors of my life is getting to be with people at some of their worst moments. Honestly, when I am done being a pastor at some point, I will look back, some of the greatest honors is sitting with people at their worst moment when everyone's left, being that one person who stayed Specifically when the person's made a mistake themselves. It's on them. They screwed up. I'll never forget talking with a friend of mine, sharing about his lowest moment. This week I reached out to him and I said, hey, would it be okay if I shared your story? And he's like, dude, you can say my name. You can share my picture. You can share anything you want. I'm obviously not proud of it, but it's a part of my story. And I pray that God would use it. My friend was dating his girlfriend at the time. They were connected with a church. It wasn't Embrace. Um, it was outside of town, but they were, it was connected to a church. Both were Christians, and she got pregnant. And he told me, he said, Adam, I knew it was wrong. Like I, I was embarrassed. I know it's not pleasing to God. But the worst part was that almost all my Christian friends, as soon as they heard the news, they just scattered. People I'd known for years, they just like up and just left. And he's like, they didn't just scatter either, they talked. All I began to hear is all these prayer requests being shared about my, my mistake. None of those people actually ever came and prayed with me though. He said it was just the opposite. All these people that I'd known for years just seemed to vanish. The church around me just kind of disappeared. And it was almost like a leper. It's like, let's stay as far away as we possibly can from this person. This week when I, when I talked to them, he said, I couldn't, I, I, looking back, there were so many people who walked out. And then he continued on to say this, but there was a few people. There was a few people who walked in. There's a group of Christians who were different. There was a group of Christians that got closer. 
They stayed. They stood beside me. It's like, it's so weird. Actually, the people who didn't think they were super Christians actually showed me the love of Jesus on a depth I've never experienced before. They didn't condone my actions, but they loved me, and they prayed with me, and my girlfriend, they prayed with us, and they helped us. We were young parents. They surrounded us. They encouraged us. They supported us. Last thing he said is, he's like, it's something I'll never forget. If you've never been there before, just so you know, at your lowest moment, you'll find out who's really with you. At your darkest moment, I've seen it in my own life as, as, as well. At your lowest moment, you'll find out who's really there, who's a fan and who's a friend. Fans come and go. Fans are really fickle. But your friends are those people who are just constant and remain always the same. As we close today, just imagine what it would look like if we actually lived this out. Like, what if Christians were known for people who got closer what if the church was known for a group of people who weren't the, quick, the quickest to gossip, instead they were the quickest to come near? When someone screwed up, when someone made a mistake, when someone was totally alone, when someone looked like a fool, the church and Christians were just known for the, that group of people. I don't even know this guy, but he just got closer to me. Like everybody else walked out, but she just like walked right into my life. She didn't say it was okay. Instead, she actually challenged me with some things, but she was there. How awesome would that be? How cool would that be? Hurting people wouldn't be alone. At their lowest moments, they'd be surrounded. In their darkest day, they'd experience the love of Jesus. Maybe even realizing what they're doing and how they're living isn't a good way to live. And they see that there's something better. There's a different, better way to live. And, and following Jesus, it look, doesn't look easy, but it's just better. How cool would that be? Just to say it, if we're here today... It, and you've ever been gossiped about across campuses, if you've ever been gossiped about, if you've ever made a mistake and it just felt like the church left your side just on their behalf, I just want to say it from the depth of who I am. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. And so I want to say that, but I just want to warn us, though, when we begin to truly show this love of Jesus to others, when we begin to come close to people that others are, are walking away from, just so you know, other people will end up walking away from you too. When you get close, when you get close to the person who's being gossiped about, oftentimes, just to give you a heads up, others are going to gossip about you. This Jesus and loving people like Jesus and becoming more like Jesus, it's a really, really messy thing. I wish it was clean and kind and just all perfect, but it's really, really messy. To be clear, everything that we've shared today, it's a message for you and I. It's not for somebody else. Today, I pray all of us, starting with myself, would hear this message for you and I. Do we want to become more like Jesus? Stop talking about people. Start standing with them. Start standing with people. Don't throw stones. Don't distance yourself. Get closer. Again, when that person in your life makes a mistake, instead of saying, did you hear about, can we pray for them? Saying, I'm here. How can I pray for you? How can I help you? Let's pray. Gracious Father, Heavenly King, we, we come before you grateful 
grateful that we have the best example of this in you sending us Jesus. Jesus who finds us when we're a mess, who comes into our lives when we're broken, who gets near to the brokenhearted. God, we're just thankful for who you are. We're thankful that the times in our life when we have screwed up ourselves and it might have felt like people walked out and maybe they actually did, you've never walked out. You've always been for us, not against us. Your love for us is constant and unchanging. God, I pray for all of us that we'd have your heart. We, I pray today that you put a filter on our mouth, that we check our words before we speak them. More than just our mouths, would you put a filter on our hearts? More than a filter on your hearts, God, would you change our heart to become more like yours? God, in the moments that we're tempted to speak, would you remind us of our lowest moment? When we're tempted to gossip, God, would you remind us of our ugliness? God, when we're tempted to gossip, would you remind us of the times that you have gossiped, that other people have gossiped about us and how it broke us, God, how it hurt us? God, I pray that all of us would be people who get near, get close. It's messy. We just want to be more like you, Jesus. We love you. We pray all these things in your name. All God's people said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.